Pure, authentic conversation. That's soulfully casual. So grab your favorite beverage, sit in your favorite chair. Here is your host, Maddie Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soulfully Casual podcast hosted by Maddie Ice, and that is me. This is a Maddie Ice Media Network production. Happy third week in December, something like that. It's somehow we are less than two weeks away from Christmas. It blows my mind. I know that at the beginning of the year, I did an episode about the fact that we always say to ourselves, wow, I can't believe it's an insert whatever the heck day it is or whatever the heck milestone within a year that has come up upon us and sneaked up upon us. I'm just as guilty as anybody else, of course, of letting my life get crazy. But before we get into today's episode, which is, I promise you, going to be a lot more fun than a lot of the episodes have been the last few weeks because we've been focusing on people that are less fortunate and we're going to lean into some fun stuff. But before we get into it, if you want to connect with the show, Instagram, Soulfully Casual Podcast is the way to do that. Twitter, at Maddie Ice Media is the handle. And of course, MattyIceMedia.com for all the other podcasts that we support and let us hope God willing, or whatever deity it is that you believe in, willing that in 2022, we will have a lot more content to offer you. But for now, we're going to stick with what we know best, and that's Soulfully Casual. So it's December. We're right in the thick of things. Christmas is literally right around the corner, for most of us anyway. If you are listening and you're not somebody who celebrates Christmas, whatever holiday it is that you celebrate, or whatever it is that you do this time of year, certainly I want to pay respects to that. But for me personally, I do celebrate Christmas, and so I'm going to focus on some Christmas things. In October, I focused a lot on some of the fun elements of Halloween because I feel like similar to Christmas, although it's a little bit different because Christmas in my mind has a little bit more of a emotional tie to it, something like that. But Halloween has a lot of fun elements to it. So I decided that I was going to lean into that and I was going to talk about movies. I was going to talk about candy and I was going to talk about, you know, music, really fun stuff that's associated with what I consider a very fun holiday. Christmas is a lot of fun in and of itself as well. Similar to Halloween, somewhat differently though, there are things that are associated with it, such as movies, of course, and music. Now, the difference in my mind between the music you know, and Halloween is, of course, we're taking a lot of songs that existed prior to and putting them into you know, a category considered Halloween music, anything scary. And I talked about Michael Jackson's Thriller. That's obviously associated with Halloween, but it's a song that is a standalone song by itself. It doesn't need to be thrown into any type of a category. However, there is a whole genre of music that is very specifically written about Christmas. Like, it can't be listened to at any other time. I guess it can. There's a lot of people who listen to things Christmas in July because they love Christmas so much, but the point being for me is that this music is specifically written for Christmas. Like, if it's a song about Santa Claus, you're not going to listen to it in May. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just not the way that I would do it. So today's episode, because we're only doing one episode a week, I really want to focus on a few things. One, Christmas songs, and two, Christmas movies, because I think they're the two pieces of media that we do or consume probably the most around this time of year, and that's excluding anything culinary. The thing about it, though, is I personally feel that something like Christmas songs, for instance, are very, very obvious. There are songs that are played this time of year that are very specifically about the holiday of Christmas. You really cannot mistake them for that. Like I said, you can't listen to some love song that you can listen to all year long. And just because maybe you got engaged around this time of year or you think about loved ones this time of year, that doesn't necessarily mean that it is a song about Christmas. But where I think we fall into a little bit of a trap 
And this is where I kind of draw a line in the sand. Now, I will say this. I generally know which hills that I want to die on. And for the most part, they are very, very, very important ones. I don't die on many hills because I feel like as we go along in this life, we have an opportunity to get a lot of things that we want. But when it comes to Christmas movies, this is a hill that I'm willing to die on. And it's a completely ridiculous and not important hill that I'm willing to die on. But damn it, I'm willing to die on it. So we're going to talk about my favorite Christmas songs my least favorite Christmas songs, my favorite Christmas movies, and then I'm going to give you some controversial movies that are 100% in my mind, Matty Ice's mind, not Christmas movies. So let's get along with something fun, Christmas songs. So I have to be out front about this. There's a lot of different types of Christmas songs out there. Because they are songs about Christmas, they can be reinterpreted by just about any musician and in any genre. And that's one of the beauties about music, I think. A lot of times when we remake Christmas movies, we generally tend to lose a lot of what was the original intent of them or the original feel of them with something that's a little bit more with the times. And the times don't necessarily capture whatever it is that the initial movie was trying to capture. So when we try to do these sort of cutesy little remakes of, let's say the, you know, let's say Rudolph or something like that, it doesn't necessarily still capture whatever it was that was intended during the original claymation one. And spoiler, that is not on my list, so that's not a uh, an accidental spoiler by me. But when it comes to songs, I think songs are can be interpreted so many different ways. And I think a lot of what you end up liking probably ends up coming, you know, sort of out, or probably ends up being more closely aligned with what you have grown up liking already. Now, as somebody who likes a lot of heavy music, there's not a lot of heavy Christmas songs. But I did grow up listening to a lot of old-timey music. Thankfully, even though it's not the case today, obviously my mother is no longer with us. My dad really doesn't listen to a lot of music anymore. I was very, very uh, exposed to a lot of different types of music when I was growing up. My mother loved music. My dad actually used to listen to music. So as I was growing up, I didn't just hear what was popular in the moment. I heard a lot of old stuff. My parents were very big on making sure that I appreciated a lot of where today's music comes from. And so when it comes to Christmas, I generally tend to think of it in two ways. I think of crooners and I think of contemporaries. And contemporary doesn't have to mean that it's now. Contemporary could be something from the 1980s, but it's contemporary in comparison to those old-timey croonery sort of sounds. And those are obviously sounds from a long, long time ago, and we really don't hear a lot of music quite like that. To, to put a caveat on this, I consider Michael Bublé not a contemporary, but a crooner, because I think in today's market, he much more resembles a crooner than he does, say, Ariana Grande, for instance. So my list of favorite songs is separate from whatever the genres are. But I will say this, whenever it comes to the choice of a crooner or a contemporary, I'm 100% would rather take a crooner over a contemporary. Now, there are some obvious choices that I feel like they, they span the test of time. So I'm not going to say it's all songs that are at, played at Christmas that are only crooners. But when I think of the five songs that I like, all of them can be done in any type of genre. I'm just trying to put them out there as songs that I like, except for one. So we'll start, and these are in no particular order, Jingle Bells. To me, this is a very simple song, but I think that it's a very happy song, right? I think we can hear this song. We know it's that time of year. Kids love to sing it. It's played in a lot of kids' music classes, and I think it just has a very, very classic sound. Now, the one that I prefer is Frank Sinatra's version of this, but that's just me, because I think it gives you, again, a little bit of that old-timey sound, because in my mind, Christmas music feels as if it belongs back in the day, and 
there's something about that song that works when Frank Sinatra is singing it, and I just happen to like it. But I think that you can sing it many different ways and have it come out the same jolliness and give you the same sort of sense of positivity. And that's the whole point of Christmas, is that we're supposed to feel positive. We're supposed to feel that good cheer. And I think Jingle Bells kind of does that. And I think it's universal across the board in that you can play it at many types of functions. Everybody seems to like it. I don't think many people find it wholly objectionable. And if they do, they just don't have to listen to it. And it's a very short song, so it can be completely out of the way. And it doesn't really tie to anything emotional. It just gives you a good vibe. And it kind of makes me feel like a kid. So that's why I like that song a lot. Now, the next song that I think of, again, we start to get into the emotional side of things. I think I've talked about on this show, perhaps I haven't, but Christmas is very much the time of year that I like the most because it is associated with so many of my best memories from when I was a kid. And a lot of those are tied to the fact that my parents did such a great job of making Christmas the jolly time of year, even if perhaps their relationship wasn't the best. And so the next song really hits home for me, and that's a little bit of a spoiler, and it's I'll Be Home for Christmas. This song I started to like a lot when I went off to college, and I started to be away from my home for long, long periods of time. I think when, for me anyway, I had a good childhood, I lived in a good town, and I never ever felt like I hated it there. There were parts of my life that I definitely didn't like, and leaving town was the best thing that I did for many other reasons that really don't have anything to do with the fact that the town that I grew up in was bad. I think so often we we maybe look at people that want to leave where they are and think that maybe they don't appreciate whatever it is that they have. For me, the town that I grew up in was small, but it was safe. I learned a lot there, but the world is a lot bigger than the town that I grew up in, and I wanted a little bit more out of life, and so I sought something more. But being away from that over the course of time, you start to grow apart from it, but I think you also start to appreciate it more. And especially when I got my first job and I moved here to the D.C. area and I started to have to realize that I was going to be away, sometimes away for the holidays. Like when I first got my job and I didn't have a lot of time off, I really had to decide what I was going to do. And there were some holidays that I didn't spend at home. And so I'll be home for Christmas started to hit more home for me because the times that I would go home for Christmas when I had a childhood home, it made it so much more special. And then as I got older and my childhood home was sold and I really don't have a home anymore the same way that I used to, the concept of home became a little bit different. It became the people that I was spending the time with rather than where I was spending the time. And the concept of home has changed over the years. So every time I hear that song, I get very nostalgic and I think about the home that I currently have today. That's with my wife and my son. And it doesn't matter where it is. This home could be on the surface of the sun and it would still feel the same to me. So I really like that song. Another one that I really like that kind of toes the emotional line similarly to the last song is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. This one actually probably hits home because it makes me think about all of the great people that I have in my life and spreading and spending the holiday season and the good cheer with those folks and to those folks really, it gives me a sense of positivity and it makes me very, very happy inside. It makes me happy inside to wish that upon other people. And so there's something about that song when I listen to it again, I get very nostalgic, but not for specific people. I think just for the specific aesthetic of, I love the life that I have and I love spreading that cheer and that joy. I almost tried to say two things. I think I tried to say joy and cheer in the same word. And I said, jeer, spreading that holiday cheer to, to the ones that we love and the ones that we care about. And I think wishing that upon somebody else is a great thing. So I love that one. So 
As far as other songs, now there's also religious songs. Now I've said many times on this show that I don't necessarily subscribe to any particular religion. But it doesn't mean that I can't find something that has religious roots beautiful. It doesn't mean that there isn't writing in the Bible that's not beautiful or meaningful or impactful. It just means that I don't associate or rely myself with one particular religion. However, the song The First Noel really, really gets me. It's just a beautiful song, right? It sounds as if it's something grand. It's leading up to something grand. And again, for many, many millions of people, the holiday of Christmas is associated with the birth of Christ. And that song really captures a lot of that. Like, where did Christmas start? Well, I had to start somewhere. And so this song really captures the beauty of that moment for many, many people. And even though I don't necessarily align with the religious parts of the song, the song in and of itself is objectively beautiful. And the last one is a little bit silly, but I love it. And it's O Tannenbaum, and it is the version from A Charlie Brown Christmas, and that will come up again later. And I love that because it's just a different sort of tune Again, maybe it has that old-timey feel, but it doesn't have any words to it. It's sort of that smooth jazz kind of thing, which most normally isn't really for me. But I do love it, and it does make me feel like a kid, because Charlie Brown, I associate with my childhood. It obviously well dates me in this world, but I just love it. So those are five songs that I really, really like this time of year. I'd love to hear the ones that you love, because there's so many out there, and they're just ones that I like. So ones that I don't like. Well, first of all, Little Drummer Boy. There's just something about it that never has resonated with me. I just don't like it. And it doesn't matter how you present it. It doesn't matter how, you know, what other genres are a part of it. I just don't like it. Uh, the song Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. I uh, just do not like that song. And I'm probably going to ruffle a lot of feathers with that one because there are so many Beatlemaniacs out there. It doesn't mean in any way that Paul McCartney is any less of a musician or the Beatles are any less musicians or whatever you want to call it. I just don't particularly like it. It doesn't give me good cheer. And to me, it doesn't sound like a particularly good song. I don't know. I just don't like it. Uh, Little St. Nick by the Beach Boys. Now, the Beach Boys are obviously from a time well, well past when I was born. I think they sort of, they may be in the doo-wop sort of time period, but maybe not. Um, Extremely popular band, and I totally get it. Just not a song that does it for me. Christmas, I think of cold. I think of hot chocolate. And something about the Beach Boys singing that song, it doesn't really do much for me. I don't turn it off necessarily if it's on. Certainly not one that I seek out. Um, Then, of course, there's Baby It's Cold Outside. So, singularly, this reason is because it's a rapey song. Like, at this point now, we have grown up as a society to where we should be recognizing these things. And this one just does not do it for me. It's an inappropriate. I've seen people like John Legend cover it. It's just really inappropriate. And we should just kind of strike it from the books because... If you really listen to it, it sounds like holding a woman against her will. And despite the fact that, yes, it's cold outside, just doesn't really do it for me. So the last of my least favorite songs, this is probably going to get me canceled in some fashion. Perhaps this will make you not want to listen to the show, but it is that Mariah Carey song. And I don't even know what it's called. I just, I think it's called All I Want for Christmas is You. Absolutely despise that song. I get why a lot of people like it. Mariah's, you know, one of the queens of of vocalists. The song is super, super catchy, but to me, it just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't do anything. It's well overplayed. It's well overhyped, and it just never gets played in this household. Thankfully, my wife doesn't like it either, or if she does, she hasn't said that out loud. Not that it would matter, but either way, it's just not my favorite. So there you go on Christmas songs. Christmas movies. I'm a little bit more particular about movies, and like I said, crooners over contemporaries when it comes to music, but if you listen to contemporaries, Jingle Bells is Jingle Bells, damn it. 
it sounds the same. It maybe just doesn't sound the same to me from a country musician as it does from Old Blue Eyes, but either way, preferences are preferences there. Jingle Bells is just fine. But when it comes to movies, it's a little bit different because I think movies at Christmas time can span a, a lot of different eras and still be very, very classic in their appeal. But it doesn't mean that all movies that have some scene of Christmas in them are Christmas movies, and we'll get to that. So favorite Christmas movies. Christmas Vacation is obviously on this list. To me, it is a great comedy that still continues to be funny. Even though I've seen it so many times, I know exactly what's going to happen. It still makes me very, very happy. And it's one of the most quotable movies I know. And maybe it's not for you. Perhaps it's a white person comedy, but to me, it captured a lot of the family dynamic that I remember. It captured a lot of the crappy stuff that would happen at Christmas sometimes. And they're just, they're things you have to laugh about. And I just love the whole thing. And I quote it all the time. So Santa Claus movies. There's a lot of movies around Santa Claus. Probably the most popular one is Miracle on 34th Street. And there's a lot of movies centering around the concept of Santa Claus. One of the things that I really love about Santa Claus in general, and like I said, I still believe in Santa Claus to an extent because I think the belief in Santa Claus is super, super positive. But how Santa Claus became Santa Claus, right? The history of it, which we're not going to go into here. But I love when movies kind of take a different interpretation of them. Sometimes Santa Claus is a billion years old and he has to pass the, you know, he doesn't ever pass the torch. Sometimes Santa Claus actually ages and he has to pass the torch. And he has, or in some cases, he has brothers and sisters. So I like all of those different things. And I think that's one of the things that makes the character about, you know, of Santa Claus so cool is you can really interpret things. So I think the Santa Claus movie or the movie about Santa Claus that you love is probably mostly derived from how old you are. I think that's fair. And I think for me, being a child that was born in the 80s, growing up in the 90s, I kind of straddled a little bit the time periods. I generally tend to skew more 80s in a lot of ways than I do 90s. And so my favorite Santa Claus movie is one called Santa Claus the Movie. It's from the 80s. It has Dudley Moore in it. It has John Lithgow in it, two fantastic actors. And there's something about the first half of the movie that has always spoken to me, the way that Santa Claus came about. Being a good person in real life, carving toys for kids in the village, you know, delivering them through blizzards and everything because it just gave him joy. And the elves having watched for this person and basically fulfilling this prophecy that somebody was going to do this for kids all around the world. Now, in the middle of the movie, it switches over to what was then present day. And sure, you could think it gets a little campy and hokey, but whatever. I love how it starts. I love how they present the elves and the North Pole and everything. It's always spoken to me, and I just love that one. So I think A Christmas Carol is a great, great story. And I think it's a great story for many reasons. First of all, you know, knowing the, the error in your ways and being able to repent or, I guess, make up for that. Because I think at all times in our lives, there are moments in which we probably could have acted a little bit better, maybe shown a little bit more grace. And I think it's a great story to look at. There's many different interpretations of A Christmas Carol from your older movies from like the 20s and 30s or 40s. And then, of course, there's new interpretations of them like animated films and so forth. And I think almost all of them work because I think the core is the story. The core is the moral. And I think all of that stays intact. But one of them that I just always have loved. And I think, again, this probably stems from being born and growing up in a time when Disney was in sort of like a golden era. And that's Mickey's A Christmas Carol. 
very short and sweet story, but I just love the whole thing. I love how it's presented. I love how they use the Disney characters that we're all familiar with. And of course, that's where we get Scrooge McDuck, uh, who later was in DuckTales, but I believe he debuted in this. But either way, I just love it. I love the presentation. It's short and sweet. It's a little bit scary if you're a kid, but the, the music is wonderful, and I've always liked that one. You really can't go wrong with How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I'm talking about the original. Now, there have been some interpretations since then, and one of them was, I think, two or three years ago. It was pretty good. Again, the origin of the Grinch, how the Grinch comes about, can sort of be interpreted differently, and I think that there is something cool about that. However, you can't go wrong with the original. That's the one I like with the now famous song, the iconic song in the story. I think it's another one that's a great moral and how they get to it and how it basically talks about Christmas being more than just presents under the tree, more than decoration songs. It's about a feeling and it's about a connection. And I just love that. And my probably my number one favorite Christmas movie, even though these aren't really in any list, and that's a Charlie Brown Christmas. Perhaps this again comes down to when I was born and, you know, the story. But there's something classic about this that I just love. And again, it's short and sweet. There's a lot of really quotable moments in that movie, and especially early on. And when I watch it now as an adult, I realize just how poorly Charlie Brown was treated. And I think that I relate to a lot of that based off of how I was bullied when I was a kid. And, you know, sometimes that's what connects you to a piece of art. Sometimes it connects you to a song is that you can commiserate. You can truly feel empathy for how that person is feeling or how that character has been treated. And for me, it did that with Charlie Brown. And so I've always gravitated toward that movie. I love the music behind it. It's just a lot of fun. And of course, the classic Charlie Brown sound. Yeah, there's just a lot of things to like about it. So those are my favorite Christmas movies. I mean, I could probably go through and reorganize, look at other movies that have come out that I absolutely love. There's so many movies to choose from. We just watched The Christmas Chronicles 2 the other night. Such a cute movie. Very fun. It, it, I don't know, like it's hard to rank them, but I just tried to throw some things out there that I know that I love and that I have to watch every year, and so there you go. So now the controversy part. Movies that are not Christmas movies, but a lot of people associate them with Christmas movies. So the first one is Die Hard. Look, 80s action movies are wonderful, okay? There's nothing wrong with a good 80s action movie. It's campy, it's fun, it's way over the top. It's just you know, pure fun. That's the whole point of it. It's supposed to be blow them up, shoot them, whatever. And it takes place at Christmas time. Sure, I totally get that. But is it a Christmas movie? Is it actually about Christmas? No, of course not. It's about John McClane trying to prevent a building from getting blown up. And I just, it doesn't resonate with me as a Christmas movie. I could watch that movie all times of the year and it just doesn't. Another one that I've seen that's a little bit new is Harry Potter. And I think it's the first Harry Potter movie, maybe the first two, where they specifically have scenes related to Christmas in it. Folks, it's not about Christmas. If you have a movie that spans the entire calendar year, at some point you're going to reach Christmas. But because Christmas happens, if it's a movie that has like a five-year time span, there's five Christmases that happen. There's five Valentine's Days that happen. There's five every holiday that happens. So just because Christmas happens to be in part of one scene doesn't mean that it's a Christmas movie. Stop doing that. The Nightmare Before Christmas. So it has the word Christmas in it, but this one I think is a little bit different because it has two holidays associated with it. I personally put it in the Halloween category because I think of it as one holiday Halloween trying to be another, and that is Christmas. And it's really not rooted in Christmas. It's rooted in Halloween and its identity crisis. The identity crisis of Jack Skellington, who is a Halloween character. It'd be one thing if it was the other way around. But it'd actually be kind of weird if Santa Claus wanted to be a part of Halloween, but I digress. And that's one that's always gotten me. And I think another one that gets to me is Gremlins as well. Not nearly on the same wavelength because 
it does take place at Christmas, but it's really not about Christmas. It's really about getting a gift. It's real, actually what it is, is for every kid that's out there who says, I want a dog, mommy and daddy. That's what it's about. Not being able to properly take care of your pets. They turn into gremlins, they terrorize the town, and there you go. So this last one, this last one is probably going to ruffle feathers because it's probably got the best argument to actually be a Christmas movie, but I'm going to give you my reasons why I don't think it is, and that's Love Actually. It's not a bad movie, so I'm not saying that Love Actually is a bad movie, and it does it take place around Christmas time? 100% it does. Are there scenes in it revolving around Christmas? Yes, but what's the movie really about? It's really more applicable to love, and it starts out with love at the airport you see love at the airport you don't have to go there at christmas to see that you can go there anytime to see that not to mention the fact that within that movie there's a whole bunch of questionable things that really bother me or should bother other people and they don't they seem to look past them so there's the scene at the end with the guy i don't even remember his name but he goes to his best friend's house his best friend just married the girl that he is in love with he goes there with Christmas caroling music on to pretend that it's Christmas carolers. And then he has a sign, or signs, multiple, that basically pronounce his love for this woman at her doorstep. She is freshly married to his best friend, and he's proposing, or, you know, he's telling her that he loves her. Everybody thinks it's the cutest thing. Ladies, I want to ask you something. If your man answered the door and another woman did that, would you be like, oh my God, that's so romantic? Nope, you'd rip her eyes out, 100%. Not to mention the fact that Alan Rickman's character, as much as I loved him when he was alive, he's a, he was a fantastic actor. The way that he treated his wife in this was awful. I just didn't like it. There's actually more bad characters in this movie than there are great characters in this movie. And while there are great, heartwarming moments, a few in here, mostly I get frustrated because I feel like people have, I don't know, they've looked the other way, similar to Nicholas Sparks' movies, And it's like, oh, it's so romantic and it's all about Christmas. It's really not about Christmas. It's really about being a crappy friend. That's really what it's about. So those are the movies that I don't like. They're not Christmas. Well, they're they're not movies that I don't like. They're movies that I don't like being categorized as Christmas movies. And that's all that I'm saying. So there you go. Songs and movies. Two things that we love around Christmas time. Two things that people look forward to consuming. And I'd love to know whatever it is that you consume. Maybe you hate all of my opinions. Maybe you love all of my opinions. It doesn't really matter. The point is, is it's 100% subjective. And just because I don't like something doesn't mean that you can't like it. And I think that's a great point headed into this time, you know, this period of time is it doesn't matter what you do or what others do. Live and let live. You celebrate the way that you want to celebrate. Listen to what you want to listen to. And that's the beauty of it. And I think we all need to embody that a little bit because this is the time of year of giving. And you can give something more than a gift. You can give something more than a physical gift. You can give and extend grace. And that's something I wish for all of you this this holiday season. And let me know what movies you like. Let me know what let me know what music you like. I just love to know what people's opinions are. I love to create faux controversy and that's what I see here. So before we get to the next episode, I'd love for you to extend grace to somebody. Look at whatever it is that they do and try and connect with them a little bit. Try and figure out a way that you are similar with them in the way that you approach the holiday season. Because again, the holiday season is about one thing, and it's about spreading cheer and giving back to other people. So please, please continue to remember that as we get closer and closer to the holiday. Thank everybody for listening, of course. 
All of you are amazing. This past year has been, I can't even describe it. And we're going to get into a recap at the end of the year, of course. Some of the best moments of the year, some of the best moments I had this year. And I just want to thank each and every one of you. So thank you for listening this week. Take care, everybody. Be safe out there doing the last of your Christmas shopping. And enjoy the holidays, however it is that you enjoy the holidays. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on the Soulfully Casual podcast are those of Matty Ice and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. The Soulfully Casual podcast is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.